0: Welcome to the body mind axis, where we explore how the mind and body work together to express innate health and well-being. So today I'm going to welcome Magali Payal. Magali is a nutritional therapist and a and consultant, and a well-being coach. And she has an interesting perspective. She's French. She currently lives in Spain, and she's also lived and worked in England. I, I've known you for a while, haven't I, Magali? because we trained together with Chrysalis Effect to become yes, well-being. Right. Yeah. Good morning. Good morning. It's lovely to see you. Um, it's lovely to see you too. Thank you. <laughs> so, first off, I just want to ask you, you've worked for a long time as a nutritional therapist and, and consultant. So, can you tell me, what, uh, tell me more about what led you to train as a coach? Okay,
1: so I, it is a long time ago, I trained as a nutritional therapist, I think I graduated around 2007, 2008 mm-hmm. in the UK, yeah. um, it was a, it was a really, really good training, we had training clinic, um, which was very good to really prepare us uh, to start seeing clients in a clinic setting. Mm-hmm. What I did for a couple of years, I worked in uh, private clinics with doctors. I had the opportunities also um, to work with some interesting um, companies that were really trying to bring the awareness of well-being. So that was that was really, really good. Did that for a while. But I realized at some point what was really missing in what I was doing was the... Um, work on the habits of one of my clients and Mm -hmm. their mindset, understanding a little bit more about their values, their limited beliefs, all these kind of things that are unconscious and makes us stop and stall sometimes when we are trying to get better. Mm -hmm. So I, I really, really wanted to deepen my knowledge and my skills so that I could really make a real difference um, in somebody's well-being. So that's what led me to the training um, at Crisis Effect, which right. I found extremely useful. And, and I have since then started using the tools and, and it's been very, very positive. So I'm, I'm glad I've made the, the transition.
0: That's great. And the other thing about you, which is special, is that I know you work with people with ME and you've actually had, had ME yourself in the past, didn't you? So, can you tell us a bit more about that? Now your experience of having Amy?
1: Yes, I had <clears throat> I had Amy for about say three three years, and I had a few um, I had a few relapses. Um, what um, What was really strange for me at the time is that I used to be. I used to be very sporty as a as a kid as a as a teenager. I was doing I don't know four or five different sports competitively, um, working really hard at school. I think you know all of that just got to a point where um, I pushed, I pushed, I pushed, and I remember getting sick and felt like I had been hit by five trains at the same time. I really remember that period when I just. I just couldn't understand what was happening to me. I just could not understand the, the feelings, the emotions, the physical aspect of things. So and it took me a while. It took me a while to um, to meet the right people to help me. This is this is the problem with these conditions. So it takes you a while to find the support and the help. And at the mm-hmm. time I felt that there wasn't really any any real help that probably you know, um, there is today. There's quite a lot of support groups. There's quite a lot of practitioners and and clinics in the UK, and they're really helping um, people. So, I felt at the time. It took me quite a while, and I I met somebody who actually was one of my professor, and he really really helped me to get back to you know, to how I am today, but it it took a while because I did not connect the emotional aspect of these conditions at the time. We only worked on the physical side and it's not until I, I worked on the emotional side that I, I really made, I really made the full recovery. So this is why I also decided to train with Chris effect because I really do believe that it is a very integrated approach working with, uh, a team of um, different practitioners specializing in different fields and yeah. all having a common purpose.
0: <laughs> yeah, so indeed. That's,
1: that's what led me to
0: it. So given that you've, you've got your background as a nutritional therapist and that you're a wellbeing coach and that you've had ME in the past, what would you say is different about the way you work as a nutritional therapist compared to other nutritionists?
1: um okay so i i also i have a very strong focus on on nutritional food itself um because when i when i left the uk i i traveled for quite a few years and i worked for hotels um and companies overseas and i trained as a as a chef and i kind of kind of really got into the culinary world and that was that was fascinating but it also made me realize uh, working with everybody, meeting so many interesting people that there was such a gap between you know, nutrition um, and the practical aspect of, of, of cooking and mm-hmm. preparing meals and hands-on approach. And I think when you have these conditions, it's not often easy to prepare no. meals, especially when you are, you know, in a, in a phase where you're crashing, and it's, it's, yeah. it's almost like impossible to think, oh, okay, I have to think about my <laughs> my protein, my fats, my carbohydrates, and I have to really be good. And so I, I like to bring that aspect to it. Um, and certainly when I was in the UK, I wasn't specialized yet in, in these conditions, but I was seeing a lot of people with extreme amount of stress and overwhelmed feelings etc and I, I, I used to have um, packages where I used to go and um, and and go to their houses or they, mm-hmm. their homes and I would investigate pretty much you know uh, their life in terms of mm-hmm. their kitchen their pantry it was almost like an inventory of what they have currently
0: yes
1: and what was leading them to maybe not not make the right choices at home because this is what we forget when you're out, it's not always easy, but when you're at home, it's not always easy either. If you have all these temptations and if you have a, a partner or kids who are eating differently than you and you're really trying, you know, to to to, uh, to get your health better. So I, I bring I bring that aspect to it and I'm very hands-on as a as a practitioner. Mm-hmm. So although I do a lot of the protocols, um, you know, and everything is evidence-based, of course, I I like to make things practical for people i want to make things easy for for people and i think i work with um some i worked in the UK with some companies but i work i found some companies in in spain that i can work with in terms of also uh for deliveries and and really good quality nutritious meals mm-hmm. for people who you know might not be in a good state at the beginning oh. you know to be able to prepare these meals so i think it's very important we forget that i think as uh, in nutrition we we always think i need to get that person better they need to do this but to be able to do this there's a gap you know that, we yes. need to also be present and i like to bring that aspect of it in and, my services
0: and that's really true i've had a lot of me patients who simply couldn't cook a meal Absolutely. I mean, they might be lucky enough to have a soup maker and throw everything in the soup maker. Exactly. And that would be all they could manage. And it's it's a hard exactly. shift to make, isn't it? To, to find the energy. Absolutely. I, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was just thinking how wonderful it would be to have you in my kitchen. <laughs> well, tomorrow is new for my pantry door. Maybe one day. <laughs> maybe one day. I'd be happy. I'd be happy <laughs> to do that. <laughs> <laughs> so, kind of this brings me to the next question really, which is you 've obviously done a lot of client work alongside the work you 've done with companies. Have you noticed any common behavior patterns that people have in relation to eating
1: Oh, yes, that is a, a very hard question to answer in in two minutes, but I, I would say really, what I have noticed working with clients pretty much everywhere um, in the world there 's a, a common there 's a common pattern is that we As human being we eat erratically so there's some erratic uh, eating patterns going on and certainly since the lockdown and the pandemic has started you know being at home being isolated that has brought more issues with erratic eating emotional eating uh, snacking constant snacking as well is another thing that I I see a lot of the time so Mm -hmm. I feel that a lot of people are in this fed state for so many hours in the day when they're constantly grazing. And I am not saying that some people do not need to to do that. Maybe some some people are okay with that. But generally speaking, most of us, you know, it's not a good idea to do it because it stops the digestion along the way and it really makes things very difficult for you. And mm-hmm. it, it makes you even more tired, to be honest. So erratic erratic eating as well in terms of time, there's no fixed times.
0: Mm-hmm. And it's
1: interesting because when when you have kids, you kind of have a routine,
0: yeah. don't you? Yeah,
1: you ha- you get them to to do certain things, to eat at certain times. But for us, interestingly, when we get up, it goes out of the you know out of the window. We just don't do that. We just eat whenever we've got time. I have a lot of um, clients. Say, oh, I eat when I have time. And I say, but well, why do you eat when you have mm-hmm. time? It's a kind of Mindset and habit, I guess, that's um, yeah. become the new, the new normal. You know, we, we, we work long hours and, and we eat whenever we've got a five-minute you know, five window. We eat at, at our desk as well, which is not always the best way. Mm-hmm. And that's always what I try to teach my clients is that you know, it takes about 15 minutes for your body, for your brain, to register that you've eaten. So mm-hmm. if you eat super quickly at your desk during the day and you're eating a sandwich in five minutes, that's not that great because you know, your, your brain doesn't catch up as quickly <laughs> oh, that's up as quickly. So, so that's, that's really important to really reestablish a very simple routine, which is to, to have set times like athletes do, you know, professional athletes they right. eat at a certain time, they go and sleep at a certain time to be able to perform better. Yes. So I always like to compare athletes, um, Because that's what we should do. We're not athletes, but we also have to perform a task during the day. We have actually quite a lot of things to do. So to be at our best, eating at at fixed time. And and one of the tips that I give my, my clients is to try to keep your eating within a certain window. So it's a ten hour window during the day so that you know you don't push okay. your eating and you're not eating so late or so you kind of have a, a regimen and you try to keep to it. So that's often a little bit easier than being very strict on the specificity okay. of the of the meals. That sometimes can help um a habit so you when to start you, a habit.
0: When you say ten hour window, you're talking about ten hours between breakfast and supper. For example, yes, and that could be between so, eight and six, or or seven and five. Or, could be
1: could be ten, ten to twelve hours. Twelve hours would be the maximum. So if it's okay. seven a.m. in the morning, then it's seven p.m. at night, yes. and then you really have a window of time when your body just relaxes and digests yes. everything that you've been eating and prepares for sleep, which is, you know, a repairing process during the night. We seem to forget. But sleep is not just to to, to, uh, to rest and feel better and energetic. It's actually resting, i um, organs as well for a while and and, and really make sure that um, you know you, you're giving your your body and your organs a bit of a, a bit of a hug.
0: Yes, <laughs> and self care <laughs> plan. Yes, <laughs> <the> indeed. <laughs> so if you think when we're thinking about these, these kind of habits that people have terms of the fact that they don't take time to eat or they fit it in around other things and the constant snacking and so on what do you think might be the key to unlocking some of those behavior patterns and changing them
1: well I think certainly um, this is where the coaching comes in because mm-hmm. with with nutritional therapy um, as I said we we have um, particular protocols that we work and certainly we also do coaching we, we train to, to coach obviously, yeah, on the nutrition side but with, with additional training, I think this is where the habits, you can work on the habits, you can work on the yes. mindset. And some people might have limiting beliefs about why they do what they do. And, yeah. you know, unless, unless you, you work on that, you could have all the, the greatest um, intentions in the world. But, you know, between what yes. you're doing and what would you like to do, there is a gap. And that's the gap that you need to really um, dig a little bit further. So this is precisely the habits that I work with my clients because it's not something sometimes that you can, you can eradicate pretty quickly. It's a work in progress. But I think if I had to give um, one tip is really to start following a particular routine, like you would do with your kids. That's to be honest, the easiest thing. Um, Mm -hmm. And also to change your environment so it's a little bit easier than than starting to work on your values. Changing the environment means that change the environment in your kitchen. Do mm-hmm. the inventory in your kitchen. Try to make sure that you have the right things in your pantry. You have the right things in your fridge, that everything is visual in your fridge when you open. Because sometimes it's a little bit of a shamble in there and then you kind of think, oof. I don't know. I don't know what's in my fridge. Just close the door, and I'm just going to do something quick. So it's it's all about um, organization. So changing your kitchen a little bit to make it more inviting. Yeah, my kitchen yes. is a friendly place. I love spending time there. It's uh, it's kind of a place where I like to hang around with friends. <laughs> yes. Um, same same with your. You know, often such people when. Obviously, the pandemic has changed that. But uh, in the past, when people used to work and eat um, at work, I would say certainly try to find a health-conscious um, person at work. Somebody oh, who yeah. is really, you know, into these healthy. Because there's quite a few. I mean, of course, it's you know more and more people are aware of of you know how important it is to be healthy. So I would say always try to try to just um, maybe eat with somebody who's got these values, who have got these habits that you would like to, you know, to follow. That kind of helps a little bit as well. Um, so it's really changing your environment so that you can control, you can be more in control. I think that's important.
0: And actually hanging out with people who have this, who do the things you want to do always helps, doesn't it?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. It's inspirational, I think. Is, motivational. Yes.
0: Yeah. Well, you just mentioned the pandemic, Magali how do you say your work has changed since before the pandemic until now
1: yes certainly it has changed a lot and what i have found of course everything is online now um i don't necessarily think that it's um it's it's a bad thing to be doing um, consultation online but what i have found with with clients it's definitely um, these habits have become worse and worse during, during the lockdown. And certainly in April, May, June, that was pretty much at the, the, the time that everybody was really struggling with getting used to this kind of what people like to call new normal. And I don't like to call it new normal because I don't want it to be that way. But uh, I think there was a lot of, again, erratic um, eating, snacking certainly because you're in the house. So yes. you snack to you snack. So, so I think I, I'm doing a lot more coaching these days because again, Mm -hmm. it's really about trying to establish a a routine and that works for you, you know, in this new way of living because a lot of people work from home now and it it is a kind of difficult situation, especially when you have kids and and, uh, distractions during the day. So it's, it's a lot more coaching, I would say. Um, and the way I like to work with clients, especially in this um, in this time, is to, to start with um, what I call the spectrum of well-being. So I yes. always like to make them draw a line. And on that line, on the left-hand side, you have that part where everything is, you know, not that great. You're not taking care of yourself. You're not eating well. Nobody is at the end of, you know that left hand
0: side Mm -hmm. of course
1: we are somewhere along the way and then on the right hand side it's perfection you know i treat my body as a temple nobody is there either we're somewhere along that spectrum yeah and what i like to do is that i like to really look at all the pillars so i i asked my clients i said okay so let's first let's take a, a look at your nutrition what is it at the moment that you're struggling with then we look at the sleep then we look at um, the stress. Um, then we look at the movement. I don't like to call it exercise. I think movement is kind of yes. a better, better word. Um, and then we try to see how we can move a little bit further on the right hand side. And I think that way it's less of a, a focus on one one area because I really do believe. That you can't just focus on one one thing. If you if somebody is eating perfectly, which I haven't seen, <laughs> never <laughs> even myself, I'm not perfect. Um, if you only focus on one aspect, it's not integrated well-being. And,
0: no, it's not. And that.
1: Something is missing. Definitely not not really gonna going get these results that you really want long-term. So, uh, although although I'm, I'm focusing heavily on nutrition because that's my specialisation, I think with the coaching. And the experience with um, Amy's uh, chronic fatigue syndrome and uh, fibromyalgia, I think that helps a lot to focus yes. on these on these areas, which are absolutely essential. And to start with what is absolutely necessary at the time. If it's not the nutrition, and then we start with something else, I think it has sure. to be yeah. a step by step approach. So that's the way I have I have I have worked lately with and my clients.
0: It sounds like it makes it easier to decide what's the first step to take as well.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And it, it's easier for the client as well. It, it feels more realistic and, um, and it, it's, a, it's a process. It is, it is really a process. Yeah. It doesn't happen overnight because we haven't got unwell in a week.
0: No, that's years. true. Yes.
1: And that's often sometimes, sometimes, uh, something that we forget. We want to get well. We want to get well next week. Yes. So what about, what about all these steps that have, you know, all these things that have come gradually, you know, we have to take it one step at a time and, and it's, it can be very empowering because by doing that, you can also empower the people that can empower other people and lead by example. I think it's, uh, it's very yes, empowering.
0: True. Yeah. Yes. And they become a kind of a, like a leader in their own community, don't they? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're nearly at the end now. Is there anything else you'd like to add before we wind up?
1: Well, I, I think something that I always like to, <clears throat> something I always like to to talk about in my in my webinars or my seminars that I've done with uh, different companies and hotels. Mm-hmm. I always like to talk about the blue zones. It's um, it is um, it, it actually five areas in the world, and it was um. It was discovered by Dan Butner, who was working with the National Geographic for many years.
0: Yeah.
1: And they've kind of um, concentrated on these areas in the world. I think it's uh, Okinawa, Japan, mm-hmm. Sardinia, um, Costa Rica, Greece and Nomalinda. Uh, so the specific areas right. those places where people live the longest. Oh, and yes. they... And they, they, they then hired a team of specialists and they worked on, on these areas for many years. And they, they came up with something called the Power Nine. It's like a, it's like a wheel. Mm-hmm. And then they have nine areas that focus on um, emotional health, uh, physical, mental, social. So you've got these social connections, the sense of belonging, you know, friendship. And belonging to your community, belonging to your tribe, you know, having strong relationships with your family or your partner or your friends. Then you have the aspect of nutrition, of course. You have the exercise, which they call movement. That's really interesting as well because, absolutely, because in these places, I mean, it's quite traditional places and people don't go to the gym, but they are still very, very active. I mean, you Mm. can see some of these. People who are centenarians, and they—they're absolutely amazing. I mean, they—they're astounding, and I I love talking about this because, although we can't recreate the blue zone in in some of the countries and places we are, we can certainly learn lessons and try to take some of these elements, yes, and you know, integrating into our daily life. And one of them, which I think is 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 a theme of the moment, is uh, the ikigai. Which means uh, a purpose, the reason why you get up in the morning. It's a Japanese um, expression. Oh, I, I, I love it, absolutely love it because there's quite a lot of it at the moment. You know, having sense, having lost a sense, a sense of purpose. You know, and mm-hmm. so important. It's quite a lot of interesting um, articles, videos. So I think I think it's it's a great great community and website. And you have also some meal plans, and it's it's a wonderful. Platform, so I always yes. recommend people to to have a look at it. So what's what's more. the website? The, is it the blue? Zones? It's called it's called the Blue Zones. Bluezones.com. Oh, so okay. So if you yes. type if you type Blue Zones, you'll you'll find it. Yeah. Only
0: one. Oh, thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> My pleasure. Well, the last thing then is that I'm sure there'll be people listening to the podcast who'd like to be able to get in touch with you. So can you give us some contact details, please? Yes, so I, I have a new website which I just
1: finished. Um, so it's my name, so it's very simple. It's uh, Magali, which is M for mother, A G A L I E, Payard, my surname, P A I L L A R D dot com. That's easy. And I have a Facebook page as well, which is called uh, La Smart Nutrition. So La L A Smart nutrition
0: on Facebook, oh, okay. where
1: i post a couple of um couple of things about um well-being recipes and it's a it's a community
0: <laughs> brilliant so people can join you is it a, a page or a, or a group
1: yes it, it is a page so it's a page so people like can it. just
0: like that and follow you that's excellent absolutely, absolutely. well absolutely. thank you so much this has been a really interesting conversation i really enjoyed it
1: my pleasure, and thank you for having me today. My oh,
0: pleasure. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> well, well, we'll talk again soon. I hope. Absolutely. Okay. Have a lovely day. Hey, you too. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.